Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 427. I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, along with, do I have a helper? Mackenzie Miller. Mackenzie Miller. You got, oh, okay, Halloween candy? I think I have a cavity. <laughs> you probably have two or three. Is there anything you want to say before I get the podcast started? There's no Johnny V tonight, so it's you I or not. I have a cavity. <laughs> All right. Are you, are you good? No. All right, everyone. That's Mackenzie. She's going to go to bed right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, welcome in, everybody. This is podcast, as I said, 427. Johnny V is in Florida. However, uh, from my house, I'm going to see if I can run the show myself on a little bit of a uh, slightly limited uh, resource capacity. And I think with that, if I click a button or two, I'm going to work on this, guys. If I click on this, I think I'm going to immediately get right to our very first guest, Luke Sampson. Luke, how are we doing tonight, buddy? Doing well, Terry. How are you? I am well, and uh, but not nearly as well as you. And if it takes just two seconds, I want to triple check with the world that we are all good to go. It looks like I see some comments rolling in. So if you guys could just give us a super quick audio video check. Looks and sounds great. That's all I needed to hear, Jeff. Thank you. All right. So again, Luke Sampson, our guest. Luke, Lake Marshall. I, I don't have the tournament name in front of me. Sorry. It's it's a long one. Do, do you do you know the full tournament name, including uh, the title sponsor? I know it starts with knowledge. That's about all I know. <laughs> Let's get this uh, right. Let's get this right. The knowledge management presents the Lake Marshall Open pre- uh, powered by Prodigy. You are now the champion of that. So I expect you to sign everything with all of that with a little right. one. X. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll have to get it figured out. By then. Uh, again, congrats. Let's let's quickly talk a little bit about, you know, the fact that we're here in a silver series, but it's for the 2023 campaign. OK, does that feel weird to you? Does that matter to you? 
Uh, it definitely matters to me, but I didn't like think it was any different than any other event that I approached throughout the year. Okay. Now, speaking of events, talk to the world, and and this couldn't be more timely. I mean, you're your own PR hype man, clearly here, because there's <laughs> going to be a docu series on Disc Golf Network featuring you, from what I've heard. Yeah. And so, I mean, you could not have nailed this any better except for maybe winning the exact weekend before yours releases. But um, talk a little bit about the tour here in 2022 for you. Um, like, well, I started off decent. I came in 10th in Las Vegas. Um, that was the first event for me in the pro tour where I had played a bunch of events before just getting warmed up. You saw, I saw, was on your coverage in Arizona yep. twice actually. And then um, kind of fizzled, fizzled, more or less, I guess I would say that. Um, I mean, I had some good finishes, um, not great finishes. Um, it was I was definitely adjusting to living with people. I like had been living out of a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been living out of a minivan, and, and that was honestly almost a little easier. But I liked living out of the RV because, you know, like there are so many times before where I would just be signing autographs after a round, and I'd be – like a kid and his dad came and watched me and here I am living out of a minivan and like this clear, the dad clearly wants his kid to aspire to, you know, like pursue something like this. And I'm over here pretty much like, you know, just barely get, not barely getting by, but you know, it's not like what people draw up to be the most luxurious lifestyle. No, but, and I see what you're saying. And so there's almost like a, uh, maybe a pride factor there, but at the same that time, was, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, you're showing the work, the grind, like the hustle is real. And even though disc golf is exploding, we're, you know, you, you know, some people are start earning their stripes. And, and I, I feel like that's kind of the position you're in. Is that a fair statement? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, now, uh, so when we look at, I look back to, you know, some of your finishes, uh, you know, like you said, I saw you at the Shelly Sharp, also saw you over uh, at Maricopa, uh, and then Wintertime Open, Las Vegas. What has it been like knowing, like, the year that's ahead of you, and, and any year that's ahead of you, knowing how stiff the competition has got, gotten, and, and what it's like to try and compete just for a paycheck week in and week out? Um, it's kind of nice knowing ultimately that, like, I, I reminded myself that this week that it doesn't really, I, we're just playing Frisbee. You know, that's all we're really doing. Reminding myself of that is really important. And like, at the end of the day, I got a loving, supporting family, which is huge. And if I, let's just say 2023 goes down and I come in dead last every single event, you know, at the end of the day, I'll, I have a great sponsor too, that I would monetarily be okay and mm-hmm. my parents own all this land in tennessee i'm i'm a i'm a i would i could always just go out there and just live in the land you know like worst case <laughs> scenario like that's how i feel so like you know yeah. if it doesn't go down it doesn't go down but that's so i'm not afraid of that not making it you know like ultimately yeah i mean it sounds like you have a backup plan and yeah. you have, um, you know, you have options, and that's good to know that disc golf isn't just an absolute life or death. Although, obviously, it's been a passion for you. Uh, since we haven't really talked to you much here, what give everyone kind of a a, a brief overview of of your start in the game? Uh, well, first time I played, I was about second grade. Uh, I played with my neighbors and my brothers. Played maybe seven or eight times. In, 
uh, before high school after that. So like all the way up to eighth grade, maybe seven times. Then in high school, I started playing a lot of different leagues. Like there was a league that was by my house. I like walked it. I was playing the course and they're like, wow, you got to come. And it was, uh, I remember that first time I was at that league, it was just a life-changing experience. I mean, it was as simple as it was, but it was like these guys could putt out of their mind and, but I could throw it pretty good. And like, I didn't know any of these terms, but <laughs> it was just a really good experience and I was hooked for sure. And then, um, I mean, I could go into a lot of long details about like what led me led me to be where I am. I mean, I don't know how detailed you want me to go. Uh, well, I, again, I don't. I also don't want to ruin too much for this docu series that's going to be coming out uh, as well. That I, I think probably gets into a lot of that. Yeah, but they do. you know, essentially, you know, and again, if we're kind of going a little bit brief and high level, uh, essentially, you got started. You're you're from like a northern Chicago suburb, northern Illinois, yep. and and you also then have some very athletic prowess and background. Uh, expand on that just a little bit. Well, uh, high school, I played lacrosse. Before that, I played baseball all through it since I was like five years old. Um, went to college, dropped out of college, went to a different college, dropped out of that college. Um, but when I dropped out that second time, I had this realization I was going to play baseball and disc golf and it was this big realization I had and it was a life-changing realization. It's like, I, I, I just dropped out that next day of school, like, and built a mound in my parents' backyard and trained for a year, walked on to the college, got scholarship, got a scholarship to a different school, went there while doing all of this, playing disc golf every single day. Um, because I knew that after I was done playing baseball, I was going to play professional disc golf. And so I was playing every day. I was, I was I had putting, I had a routine. It wasn't just me playing baseball. Like, and, mm-hmm. and then that's why I could throw lefty because I could throw. Okay. Like we were, yeah. I was, I was going to the field to throw righty. And then, and then as a baseball player, we're supposed to go through these medicine balls at a wall with our hips moving, uh, counterclockwise if that makes sense yep okay so, yeah, so that would get your your right-handed hips moving quicker towards home plate you know what i'm saying yep so that's why i do the lefty so i could so i could just get those hips moving quicker you know but yeah yeah so and, instead of going to the gym yeah well and i was just gonna say how how, how much did you feel like um you know even to this day how much do you feel like developing your golf game from the other side is helpful to you. I mean, how uh, how much energy and effort do you put into that right now? I do it every day, and okay, uh, and I do it because one, I get really tight on the one side. I think everybody out here is getting tight. You know how many shots I've thrown right-handed for the <laughs> last four years. I couldn't tell you. Uh-huh. How many Probably, I think that I might have the most in the planet. I, I think I do. Uh, well, I was just <laughs> I was going to say thanks to people like stat mando we could find all of your competitive shots and that doesn't even count all the practice yeah that you've been ta- that you've been doing well i probably yeah i mean i took a lot of bogeys <laughs> so i'm sure i did have a lot of strokes <laughs> but yeah i mean right as as they say it's you know the the funny uh objective to golf is play as little golf as possible right mm-hmm. and so it doesn't seem to make sense but it does <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. um so all all of that background and then was it ever a sell? Was it ever tough, whether it was to friends, other friends, or family, or anyone else? Was it ever tough to have that that talk or that moment of, 
yeah, yeah, I want to play disc golf. Like, I want to travel around the country and I want to play this professionally. What What was that conversation like with anyone? Uh, I didn't have. I it was like I was gonna do it. I didn't have a conversation. It was never okay. A conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like that moment that I told you where I decided and I stopped going and I dropped out of college. I knew like that's what I was gonna do, and it wow. was and it, and it wasn't gonna be anything else. Well, uh, full dedication. And so as this year goes on and on throughout the entire year here in 2022, again, um, I can pull, I'm going to pull up your looking long. You're cashing in most events. You you miss a few, but you cash, cash more often than you don't. The ones I've missed, I've just missed. I will say that. And it's okay. very, and it's very heartbreaking. <laughs> like I can't even tell you how heartbreaking it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm looking down and then if I do actually a uh, uh, sort, I can see some of your, your better finishes. I look at the challenge at Goat Hill where you finished second winter time. You had finished second there. Uh, and then looking at a few of the other A tiers, uh, the Down East Players Cup, you played really well at just a couple weeks ago. You finished seventh there. How how do you? Uh, and then both Memorial and Vegas, you finished tenth, uh, along with the High Plains Challenge um, out in uh, Colorado. How how do you personally assess your season? Like when you look back, you know, maybe even before this last weekend, how do you personally look back? What are you reflecting on, and what are you thinking? That I could have done a lot better, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And what in particular? Obviously, you said you were really close to, um, you know, a few times when you did miss cash. Anything, what jumps out at you is like, oh, 2023, it's obvious that blank is going to be better. What is that? Just my concentration on every shot. That's really what it, I think. I lo- I've lost concentration more than a couple times. Like my pace, I think I've got my pace has gotten a lot better. And I know that sometimes I hesitate out there. And I just like this last weekend, it was really like the two things I was thinking of was acknowledging my fears and committing to a good miss. Like those were the two things I was really thinking about a lot. And and I was afraid the whole time. Like you know, I've, when I woke up every morning, I was like, man, like my heart, you know, like it's I'm, I was nervous, you know, and. So just like kind of just acknowledging that it's okay, that you don't want to hesitate from the fear was a big thing for me. So that, that, that will be a big thing for me. And Fully I knew owning, how, owning and embracing, it, it sounds like. And, and yeah, that, I mean, there's a, yeah, I th- <laughs> there's so many things that I could fix. There really are. Uh, okay. Yeah, there I mean, really are. How, tell no, me how th- exciting that is, though. Like you, here you are. You're 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 kind of basking in the idea of man. There are so many opportunities. I feel like you could also, you know, write the first couple of chapters of your book. But uh, here you are basking in those most missed opportunities or those, uh, you know, th- those things you can know you can change up. What um, th- is that? Is that exciting? Does that does yeah. that push you even harder? Yeah. That I mean, that was like a big thing for this week. Is like I didn't. Cause I, you know, I could have went home after the USCDC. I really could have not played mm-hmm. these events, and it's just like it was almost like a question, like you know, like what am I doing, like you know, like, and I have something to prove still, obviously, you know, and so I don't know what was the question again. Sorry, I uh, just about no, just what you think of those opportunities, the fact that you were, you know, you you had a a decent season, 
but yet you're still saying, man, there are so many things to fix. Just, yeah. I guess, just think ahead to what does a great season look like for you? Where, where is uh, I'm, I your ceiling? I want to be number one. Number one is what I want to be, obviously. And I know that I'm not going to stop. I think this is just if this was my highlight of 2023, it'd be a huge letdown. That's all I know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And now, uh, we all know we could always. Uh, have a conversation as to what ratings do or don't mean. Clearly, they're a snapshot of some degree. We can argue how accurate they are or whatever. But it, you, you come into this event, this last event, rated 1017. That's that's 26 points behind Chris Dickerson. Chris, clearly, who's one of the most winning you know percentage players that we've seen and clearly one of the most elite of our players right now. Uh, and, and to know you didn't, you didn't squeak it out on the final hole. I mean, you won by four and... You ultimately got him by what six during the final round. What uh, what's that like? And and you know, you you could tell Chris's name and insert a Paul or a Calvin or a Ricky or any one of our killers. But what what was that like knowing you have such a formidable competitor in Chris? It it makes it that much sweeter. It really does. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really does. It would have not been as sweet. Chris is great, and that's kind of. Like the whole, you know, Alan Wagner, I don't know if you know who he is, but yep, sure he, do. he sent me a message and he said, hold him under the water until you don't see any bubble, until the bubbles stop coming up. <laughs> so, That's graphic. Yeah, Alan. Yeah, it was, but you know, I'll tell you one thing. Like I didn't know, I thought that I only had, I was tied for the longest time when I had it by one and I was really just keep on going. And I was like, and I, and I was in the, any, I've, just straight blew stuff away before, like blew okay. it away. Like okay. I've given it away. You know, I've th- I'm not, I don't have to say that. Like, you know, the people earned it, whoever I lost to, I'm sure, not trying to say that, but, but like, I've done some really bad things late in the game, you know? And I just knew that that was, could always happen. It could happen in 18. You know how much water's on that hole? I could, what happens if I just all of a sudden got the yips, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? So <laughs> I was never going to give up. You know, I was like, I was like, you know, I didn't. I didn't believe it till like it went in, you know. And so that was a big thing. Uh, and that was kind of going to lead to my next question, which is like, what made this one different? You know, you said you've had opportunities in the past. You know, what made this one different? Was there a, a mindset? Was was just it destined to be your weekend? But what made things different coming down the stretch for you? How how do you keep it together? Uh, like during the stretch of that final round, or the during the yeah, stretch of yeah. Season? Well, throughout the the, I was gonna say the final round, even the fi- you know the entire final day, final round kind uh, of thing. How do you felt, you know? Yeah, I I just felt like you know I've came so far. Like I, I like I don't like it would have been all for nothing if I didn't just just keep going. You know, like like it, like I didn't come this far just to come this far. Is how I felt. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like. There was definitely times where I was like, man, this is your time to stay in it. You know, like, don't, <laughs> you know, that's how I felt. And, and then I remember on 16 when I threw, threw a really good drive and Chris, and Chris did it. And I was like, man, like, I, I did shed a tear right then and there, but then I was like, quit crying, dude. You're not like, this is not over. Like I just one little tear, like you need it. And then you're not, and you're sure not going to cry when they give you the trophy. If that's the case, if the, and I just remembered like being thankful for the people that got me here. That's all I was trying to think of. Like, who am I going to be thankful for if they ask me? And that's all I was thinking. Yeah. I I mean, to be fair, I don't, I've been, uh, that's fine when I'm criticized for it or not. I don't care. I'm an emotional guy. And there's a lot of things. I mean, I, 
you know, probably my biggest one was you know watching Paige Bierkus tap in in 2018 and seeing, you know, everything that such a consummate professional and and a young role model can be for my daughters. Uh, but I, I could say the same of any of our younger generation, really players of any age. Everybody's got a story. You happen to be a young player that's driven, that's, you know, on the upswing and and seeing other players that maybe are on the tail end of their career. And you might be seeing their their biggest final, you know, win, so to speak, or whatever, everything in between. I, I've got no problems with that. Um, those emotions. Do, do you consider yourself emotional? And and what was that like to to hold that back? Uh, I'm a little emotional from time to time, but to hold it back, I like, I still kind of am, I I still feel like I haven't let it fully set in. I, maybe I haven't spent enough, like a time, like when I go driving home, I think when I, is when I'm going to really feel it, you know, but like, I, cause I still gotta, I'm trying to like, so another big thing that made this one awesome was that Anders, I don't know if you remember Anders Shellstrom. Uh, I, I believe we have talked, and I know we're also supposed to talk about some castoplast ordering I need to do. So this okay. this is all kind of a a, a perfect uh, you know lead into that. But go yeah. ahead. Well, he's coming to Myrtle Beach where I'm at right now on Thursday. Okay. And so because he's just he's meeting us. He flies flying in from Sweden. He's meeting the three of us, meeting this you know representation for the first time. So like. It was been. It was like I felt a lot of pressure. Like you know, it's like man, he's invested a lot of a lot into me, and so it was like you know, going into this event, like I really felt like I needed to show out, and and that was that was. So I I might have to credit it towards him because you know he's really he's really helped me. I mean, you're gonna have you know Tom Hanks as Tom uh, Tom McGuire right next to you saying, "Show me the money, right? Contract season." <laughs> I mean, again, uh, your time well, I have was a two-year contract. <laughs> yeah, I have a two-year contract with him, so okay, I'll okay. be with him for. I will, I'm I'm cast plus for sure for 2023. I love it. So let's talk about that. Obviously, our cast of plus fans are like a lot of our you know uh, upcoming companies that continue to push forward and do big things it, it sometimes feels almost cult like uh, this underground following that then gets bigger and bigger and then next thing you know it, you know it's right there in every conversation uh, I had the pleasure I, I saw Castoplast being made when I was over in Sweden earlier this year I saw the and, <laughs> and boy like the excitement that came over me of seeing because they've they've gained uh, not only clearly market share but they're gaining a lot of favor in a lot of ways. So talk about, you know, you just said you're sponsored through next year, but talk about uh, that relationship and maybe how it came about. And, and, and I'll say just like, why Castoplast? How does, how does that come about? Well, uh, so I had been doing this for, I think it was two years where I was living out of a Toyota Echo mm-hmm. and I totaled this Echo on the way to the dynamic discs open the first year that ESPN was covering it. Do you remember yep, that? Yep. Oh yeah. And, yep, yeah, yeah and then, so, my life got turned upside down and I bought this car, but I, did, I dropped out of the tournament, like ended up just doing part-time work, working regionally in Tennessee and finishing the year out and then played a whole year. When And then um, at the end of that year, I like, you know, I reached out to some companies and I was like, you know, mm-hmm. this is, I, I, I like was, wasn't a thousand rated yet. I uh, had made a couple video coverages, but you know, only one like a B tier or something like that, maybe. And um, Anders was the most positive response for sure. I had I had a few others, um, mm-hmm. but Anders was like, "What can we do to help you?" Is really what he said, and and that was awesome. And I and and I've always wanted like you know, I don't. I, I thought I mean 
it'd be cool to be like them. I don't know. Like I wasn't, I don't know. It's just, it'd be sweet to be a part of their company. That's all. Well, and, and maybe you were, you're uh, <laughs> being a, a coy or humble a little bit uh, in that when you look at uh Castleplast, who's making their name, there's something to be said about being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. And, and with your growth and your potential, you know, to be kind of a face or one of the main guys. I mean, of course, we have a ton of great sponsors and a ton of great companies, but you can kind of get lost in the mix. You can be a great player and not feel like you're, you know, just as valuable as as the, you know, the the featured. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for in uh, in in uh, franchise player? You know, you may not be that franchise player in some of these really big companies. And so to show that commitment, that growth and that experience with uh, a, a company that's coming up more so, that's got to feel good, right? Yeah, it feels good. It really does. And and they put a lot of trust in me, too. And like, I mean, they, they've treated me so well. So it's like, you know, I, I couldn't be happier. I really couldn't be happier. Uh, so with all that, what does, what does 2023 kind of look like for you? As I, as I looked at your, uh, schedule from this last year, you obviously mix in, you know, a tiers along with elite series and, and majors and everything in between you had 40 events. One of those, one or two of those might've been a league night or something, but you had roughly 40 events on your schedule. Mm -hmm. What does 2023 look like? Uh, so I'm probably going to hit it. I just as hard. I don't know exactly okay. what I'm going to do with, I've decided I need to go solo. Um, whether that's okay. me getting my own thing or whatever happens, I'm going to find out this week. Um, but, uh, I'm going to do that. And then or actually Ricky Wasaki just reached out to me to, to, and invited me to go live with him and train this off season in Arizona. So okay. I feel, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'd, I'd be stupid not to do that. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if uh, there's tournaments involved with that, but I do want to play. Obviously, I want to go. If you're going down to to Phoenix, I'm trying to be there. You know, I'm definitely trying to be there. I, so I'm, maybe, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's coverage. I, I like getting over to that neck of the woods, and I love I covering events. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be at the Cold Turkey this year? Uh, yeah. So, uh, and th thanks for the plug. No, uh, yeah, this weekend, uh, at the end of this month, uh, the cold Turkey 17 is taking place. It's an event. I think I've been there for 16 or 15 out of the last 16. The one year I couldn't make it. I was, uh, I was graciously brought to Australia to do a bunch of coverage. So that was the one time I missed and, uh, we'll be there running it. I saw that you're signed up. So you're going to be right in, right in, uh, you know, Southern Wisconsin, Northern Illinois, you know, not too far from your home stomping grounds. Oh. And, uh, I saw that you're signed up. We're going to have to make sure we get some, uh, get a camera out there, at least for the second round. That's the plan. Nice. Nice. So, um, uh, so hitting it hard, you know, at one point, I'll quickly say that Waisaki made a comment like he might be headed to Florida. And then uh, that was a few weeks ago. And then, you know, as recently as the last day or two, he's like, oh, halfway back to, to Arizona. And that's clearly where he's going to be, as you just alluded to. Um, what does that mean for you to be in such a place, have such an opportunity to train with, you know, the likes of Waisaki, train slash relax even. But what does that mean to you to be heading – to a southwestern state, warm climate, you know, ready to play golf. What what will that do for your game? Uh, it's just gonna, I'm only keep the ball rolling. You know, I'm trying to go up, so you know they can't can't <laughs> stay stagnant. So that's all I got to say about that. You know, it's you can't play good. I've done it before practicing 
off seasons in Illinois. Mm-hmm. It is brutal. <laughs> it is so brutal. Uh, you this, don't do it. <laughs> this dates me a little bit, but I remember Avery Jenkins was always talked about like, uh, you know, when our seasons weren't quite as crazy, but playing all year long around the country and then going back to Ohio. And it's like, oh, now, now you're, you know, if you go play, you're in six layers of clothes. You're worried about slipping on a tee pad. Just all of those things that may not be truly helping your game, even though you're throwing discs in the off season. So I like that. What's your uh, quick question? What's your favorite, you know, where, where do you, not that we're getting the stalkers out there, but where, where do you find yourself most likely practicing uh, when you're out in Arizona? Is that, is that, is Vista the obvious uh, answer? Vista, what's that one that uh, Castro runs that league at? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I do. And I can't think of the name off the top of my head, uh, but I, I know uh, it's not, it's not Buffalo Thunderbird. Ridge. It might be Thunderbird. Nope. No, no. Um, I don't know. But anyway, so. I'll definitely be out there for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There may not be a ton of trees. Someone just asked on the board, um, you know, what Arizona golf's like. There's not a ton of trees, but hey, you know, working your discs in in 60, 70, and 80 degree weather for, for a few extra months doesn't hurt whatsoever, right? No, 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 no. Definitely not. That extra what season. is, what does training look like for you? You know, give uh, give me a typical day. Let's fast forward one month. It's it's December first. You're in Arizona. You wake up. It's a Wednesday morning. What do you think that Wednesday will look like? Well, I'll tell you right now. If Ricky ain't doing squats with me, I'm doing squats. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. You you are you gonna be bring dragging Ricky to gym or is this all? You know, no, I just don't know. No, I just know squats. You know, everybody knows squats is what you gotta be doing. <laughs> I feel like everybody knows. I don't know if that's true. No, I like uh, it. Yeah. uh, uh, Definitely just working out. Um, Definitely I'll be throwing lefty. I don't know if Ricky will be, but I will be. Okay. Okay. And obviously a lot of putting. Um, Yep. And eating healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. Apparently, probably, if I'm with Rick, I guess I'll be jumping in some cold water, I guess, from a time to time. But, yeah, a couple um, of ice baths, Oh, Super probably. Smash Bros. I know he's he thinks he's pretty good at Super Smash Bros. <laughs> so we'll be okay. doing some of that. Um, but just really uh, just honing the craft. That's what I'm – I mean, I was uh, – you know, this is kind of new to me. Uh, he just asked me the other day. He, contra- he congratulated me and was like, hey, man, I'm just getting this place here in Arizona. So I'm sorry if I leaked that to the world, but I, I don't know <laughs> if you wanted people knowing that. But uh, – and it was I, I felt really awesome that he thought of me and wanted me to go out there. So my plans beforehand were just to be in Tennessee. I was like really like thinking I needed to go to Tennessee where my parents have this property and I was going to just get strong, run up the hills. You know, sure. that's what I was going to do a lot of running up the hills backwards. I think that's huge because it gets the front side of your legs. And if you can stabilize the front side of your legs, you'll get that's huge. Um and obviously throwing a bunch and just also right. I wanted to build I wanted to build like a some sort of earth house out there at some point because why not dude like that's kind of what I felt so maybe I'll get started on that but uh, okay like okay. I said though um, I'd be a fool not to to go to go trading with theirs and with Ricky in Arizona so yeah I mean and I I feel like that's becoming uh, of course disc golf is growing and and not only the opportunities are growing but that's just becoming more and more of a logical step for our competitors, whether that's a Florida or, or a California or a Arizona. I mean, those are some of your most popular, of course, sometimes Texas, but being in a place where, 
yeah, you're not concerned if it might be negative seven, you know, when you step outside that day, uh, it, it makes perfect sense. Is there one particular thing? I know you just said what you're going to work on, but is there one thing that you're like, hey, by by February 1st, here's the one thing that absolutely needs to be either addressed or fixed or perfected? Maybe it's two, good, but okay. I two? think of two main things that I, I think I, I my game's lacking. Uh, sometimes in my putt, I've been told by a lot of people, and I could feel it sometimes, that my the timing from my lower half to my upper half is not synchronized. So okay. I, I've been really concentrating on, on like, getting to a slow, paused spot and then bringing my weight forward more so. Um, and then um, thank you, Andrew Fish, for that. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, I stopped power gripping. So I only I only fan like modified power modified fan and I know like there's been times where I just would throw it so much further with the power grip and I just if I could just channel that I know I'm gonna be like I, AB has really impressed me and I and I know that I could be doing more and and I want to be I, I just want to be doing throwing harder and further so that's one thing I want to be doing. Okay, and and so with that, I guess the follow up to would be, what does your distance look like now? Um, and, I mean, and do you feel like you mirror or mimic? Is your form like anyone else's that you can think of right now? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's hard to tell when you're the one doing it. It really is. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know if I'm like anybody out there, but okay, uh, maybe you and, could say. But um, I think that. Um, Yeah, I think that my form could be better. I think I don't look okay. away. Very, I think that I don't look away a lot. And mm -hmm. um, I know that if I look away more, that's when I'll be throwing harder as well. So. Okay. And what what do you top out at for distance right now? Oh, um, well, at the World's Distance Competition, I think I threw like 560. At Vegas, mm -hmm. I think I threw 630. Um, I think I could probably throw about – over 600 on a just on a day any given day that's what sure I okay yeah. yeah uh you know and yeah world's conditions for instance i remember weren't perfect for a lot of no. people uh you know and, and distance competitions are also like somewhat of a of a mixed bag you know in terms of the conditions you may or may not have that are ideal but also that you're you know whether you have a fairway you have to hit yeah. like at worlds or whether you know you're throwing a golf shot those are all very different yeah. uh for you out there that's and, another thing the golf shot like I, it's been so long that since i just tried to go out and then ripped it like i've only been playing i play a tournament every single weekend for like the last three years you know like i'm only playing these golf lines you know like i need to kind of maybe come away from that a little bit get it high in the air on anheuser like i never do that like <laughs> okay i need to try that i need to try that so yeah, I mean, you watch Double G, I mean, for example, clearly what he's doing, you know, he's often putting like katanas up on the craziest angles and then getting them to, you know, so high. I think he throws as high as I can throw far, which is just disgusting yeah. how high he can get a disc up and then watching it all, you know, just, you know, there's there's world championship technique when it comes to throwing, you know, de distance setting uh world distance records mm -hmm. and you know those those definitely tie together which is uh awesome and uh, d does does something like a, a world distance title does that is that even in your scope of something you'd ever concern yourself with uh i think it, i would could i like i think i if i tried really really hard i think i could do that i do okay if i worked on some things but i think that it's for me it's more important to try to win for sure yeah 
yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, some of those additional things, it's great to be known for them and it's great to have that power, but just even if you could throw 800 feet whenever you wanted, if that doesn't mean you're, you're winning or you're on the podium every weekend, it, you know, that only pays so well. Let's put it that way. Uh, so specifically then let's talk about, uh, especially for our, our, our Castoplast fans and family out there, what, what is it that works really well for you uh, in your bag in terms of what you're throwing? Uh, Lutz, Lutz, Cagsy, Berg, Reco X, Stall. Okay. Those are the, those are my main ones for sure. I thought okay. that's all. Oh, yarn, yarn. Sorry. And yarn. Uh, uh, how, as a quick side note to that, how, how fun is it or difficult is it <laughs> to always be sharing these names with people, whether it's me and as an announcer or, it's, or introducing it to a brand new player? Is this, is it at all challenging? Yeah, it's funny because they'll get it right and then, Three minutes later, they'll just say something completely different, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Like, like uh, Connor is Connor O'Reilly. Actually, is man, he's surprised. He's a great commentator, and I'm uh-huh. not saying that because he did it on mine, but like he's got like he used to talk, but like uh, but he like at, like he's he mispronounced a little bit, and I, and I remember telling him like, "No, no, 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 no," like this is how you say it, but then he said it something differently. But it's hard to say in the yarn when the yarn yawn came out, whatever you want to say, like. Mm-hmm. calling it that like it took me forever like i was like jarn you know like but <laughs> it's all good uh yeah and i was gonna say and i and i i'm certainly in that category i feel like sometimes i nail it because i'm like oh yeah i remember how this is pronounced and then you say it six times later and you're like and then you start second guessing yourself as an announcer or you're doing play-by-play <laughs> or whatever it's very easy uh to get yourself off base so if i ever had a pro tip and and nobody needs to listen to me ever but if i ever have ever produce any discs of any kind they will be the easiest names and i'm not just saying like three letter names like you know ape you know by innova but i i never want and then again i guess some people may say well then dummy you're not doing it right because if it's always talked about then you know that's marketing in itself i suppose but well, clash is doing pretty good their names are super simple ah exactly so i mean uh you know and, and things people uh, seem to know and love pretty well so um w- w- if somebody wants to support you as we start wrapping up here if somebody wants to support you what are the best ways they can go about doing it you know whether it's through social media channels or personal things or whatever what what's the best way people can support you all those things uh you can follow me obviously but that's uh just something small i mean it's cool and all but like mm-hmm. uh, uh really moralistically disc golf network get that so we mm-hmm. all can get so we all get you know everybody watching share it with your friends let them know how awesome it is that's the biggest thing but then on second of that go to my website and buy a disc like i mean that's okay. cool too so uh, let me put it in the chat. What what exactly is your website? It's SamsonDG.com. SamsonDG.com. Yeah, I just yeah. put it in the S-A-M-S-O-N, chat. S-A-M-S-O-N. Yeah, so no P. Every, yep. don't, yeah, Samson, S-A-M-S-O-N-D-G.com. I just put it in the chat. Let me double check that I can put it up here. I know not everybody can put links in the chat unless you're – Unless you're special like me, uh, so yes, okay, yeah. I see when we go out here. In fact, hey, let me get let me get fancy on you for a second, or at least attempt. This could go sideways, so uh, let's not get our hopes up. But I think <laughs> what I can do is uh, I want to. This would be a good opportunity, actually, to see if I can share. Uh, let's do this. I think I can click here. Oh gosh, what am I doing, Miller? Uh, I think if I click this and here. And Luke Sampson, let's do this. And come on, 
There's so much <laughs> I can do. Bear with me. I think this is going to work. Let's do. All right. Let's see if we can hide oh, both yeah. of these. That's it. Oh. Oh, oh, sorry. Here we go. Let's do solo. All right. So here's your website. Yeah, um, yeah. Real quick, only because this is. Um, let me see. Okay. Uh, so here's your website. Uh, yeah, yes, plenty of plastic on here. And then uh -huh. uh, you know, I see home shop videos, upcoming events, Wing Project, and more. What yep. what's Wing Project? I'm so that if, yeah, click on it there. There you go. So this is, I actually got the chalk bags coming in this week. They're the first part of the project. So like, if you look okay. at it, uh, so Terry, I was actually thinking I could give you some money here. Okay. Because, okay. Uh, I like, yeah, I yeah. like this. this is, you're my favorite yeah. guest. Okay. So, so for everybody that buys a product with this logo on it, $1 will be used for a cash tournament that I'm for cash at a cash to a tournament. Mm. And another do a dollar will go towards course developments. So, like I could sponsor the cold turkey with this money, you know okay, what I'm saying? Okay. Mm -hmm. I like so, but I was playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm thinking. Like, uh, just a little something little, like you know, like whatever it is. I only got like a hundred chalk bags, so that's a hundred dollars, you know, like. Okay. Uh, and but it's just like a, something cool that I thought of, you know. And then that other dollar, um, like at first I want to give to you know Squaw Creek if you've ever been out there before. Yep. yep. Um, and then but at some point I want to. I don't know how, I don't know what's going to be the future's looking like, but if I actually I end up getting a substantial amount of money in this thing here, put a course in, in Tennessee where my parents are at. So I don't know. We'll see okay. what's up, but, um, that's where I'm at. So yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I will read up more. I'll follow up and I'll take a look at it. Um, I'm putting together players pack items right now for, uh, for the cold Turkey and, uh, nice. yeah, we'll see if there's something that can work out for it. Um, nice. All right. Is there is there anything else we need to cover? I mean, I think we did a, a, a pretty good job of kind of past and uh, past, present, and now next year. You said it's going to look pretty pretty similar. Grinding hard. Is there is there any particular event or swing or portion of the tour that you get especially excited about? Is there anything that's like, man, I just can't wait till June or May or whatever month? Is there? Uh, Deglo is such. A, I don't know why I love playing at Deglo. Uh, well, you're a Midwest guy. You should like yeah. it. That makes sense. And so the weather's usually perfect, and the course is perfect, and there's usually just a crazy amount of spectators, and that's and that's awesome. And you could throw crazy big shots. Like that's what I like about it. Okay. Uh, now I guess that I'm gonna just assume, and I apologize. I don't know off the top of my head. If I head over to your uh, year, whoa. Don't click that. I almost lost you. If I head over to your year, let's oh, I type cash. in. I didn't Deeglo. cash there. No, I didn't cash. Oh boy. Uh, hey. uh, okay, we, we don't have to go there. We don't. Have to. No, no, you can. That's definitely fine. But I'll tell you, that was one of those tough ones. That I was. Uh, uh one, as in one spot out of cash. Yeah. One and it was. Uh, it was a uh, about oh. seven, seventeen foot pot on eighteen. No. Maybe, maybe, maybe 20 feet, but I think it was more like 17 feet. Oh my gosh. Instead, yeah, you finished in like a, a, a six or seven way tie, uh, one stroke out of the cash. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I hear you. All right. Well, wait, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, I think at Waco, I missed the cash by one stroke every single year. And I played it for three years. So if I, if I don't, if I don't make cash Terry Miller this year at Waco, 
You're going to come have to kick my butt, all right? That's all I got to say about that. I mean, they call it the Beast for a reason, right? I mean, that's a, that's a tough track. I guess. Yeah, it is tough. It's No, it's very <laughs> tough. I'm not trying to say it's not tough. But, I mean, you're not playing the track. You're playing everybody else. Everybody knows that. You know, yeah. like, so, I mean, I just, it's whatever. It's whatever. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, Luke, any, any parting shots uh, from you here tonight? Anything else you want to share? The floor is totally yours, whether it's sponsors uh, or supporters or anything you want to get off your chest. The floor is yours. Obviously, Casaplast, thank you, and everybody, thank you. Um, just keep – if you got dreams of doing something, um, I mean, I've, I couldn't tell you how many times – at being where I'm at right now, like, I've had uncountable amount of people come up to me asking me, like, hey, how can I get sponsored by Team Casaplast? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you how many people. And, like, the people that I seriously consider, they're, like – Far and few between because I know what I've given up, you know, I really, and it's like for me to put my head out for somebody else, you need to give up everything. You know, you really do. Like, you know, that's what I would say. You need to give up everything. Like you need to live in a car and you need to have like a couple hundred dollars in your bank account. That's all I got to say. Or, or hopefully you have more better luck than I did and you never get down that low, but you need, and, but if you're not doing it right now and you ask, Oh, like, Oh, like, Oh, I I don't do it because I don't have the sponsor to support me, or I don't. It's always you that could do it. You know, you could always do it. That's all. I I could not agree with you anymore. Um, everything you just said, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Nothing's going to be uh, given to you in life. You just have to sometimes go out and earn it, and and then make people recognize it later. Uh, but nobody owes you anything. So go out and and grind and work hard, and you're obviously the epitome and a, a perfect uh, example of doing just that. I, I love it. Everyone has loved your your uh, your chat here and your work ethic and everything else that you've displayed tonight. No surprise there. Uh, when Do you know when you're in the docuseries, when, when you're, yours drops? Yeah, I think in, in the November 11th, I think. Okay. So, Could be uh, wrong, look, but uh, I think so. Awesome. Luke, uh, I, I, I can't say enough again. Congrats on this weekend. Uh, it, it, such a, a, a banner win and an awesome way to start closing out 2022, hopefully riding that momentum into 2023. Awesome to hear that I'll, I'll likely see you multiple weekends out in Arizona yes, in sir. some beautiful weather. Also see you uh, here in Wisconsin for the cold turkey that I'll be hosting at the end of the month. And, uh, man, I just can't say uh, how proud and awesome it is to watch you grow and thrive and succeed over these last couple of years. And uh, you definitely have the support, the support of the entire disc golf community. So thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. I really appreciate you. Of course, man. All right, everyone. That's Luke Sampson. He won this weekend. Looking forward to 2023 and beyond. Maybe we'll have to talk to you again after cold Turkey or something. I don't Sounds know. That's great. Just yeah. Keep going out there and keep winning. All right. Thank you, buddy. Have a good night. See ya. Peace. See ya. All right, everyone. Luke Sampson. I, just like you guys said in the board, I mean, of course, I'll echo it. It uh, he, He's uh, infectious, such a positive personality, positive spirit, and and clearly taking nothing for granted, knowing that you just got to go out there and earn it and work hard and focus. And, uh, you know, I, I know that can be applied to literally every, every aspect of life, not just any kind of uh, sporting or athletic activity. But, um, yeah, awesome to see, awesome to hear. Thank you, Luke, for joining me. Him and I, uh, uh, we messaged a couple times back and forth today, so the fact that he could jump on and join me. And then with that, so here's what I'm going to do. 
hoping i mean knock on wood this this seems to be working folks i'm gonna go see if we can uh take a look at some other things that had been going on of course i think what makes sense is to wrap up the uh event and i think i can get all fancy just for two seconds and i'm gonna get off of the great lakes open we don't need to talk about that one anymore but what i'm gonna do is if i can pull this up in just if you give me a moment um I make no promises of me not screwing this up. But I think if I click here, and I believe, whoops, if I, nothing like in-show producing, that's what I got to do here. Uh, I think if I click this and hit this, just kidding, this one, this one will do it. Uh, take a little look at what we saw this weekend by Luke and the rest of the crew. Uh, so Luke, as we just said, commanding four-stroke victory over chris dickerson taking down twenty five hundred dollars his large i didn't we didn't talk about this but that was his largest paycheck let me real quickly um do a quick click here for you guys you go here uh you see the roughly 40 events he played this year for about uh eighteen hundred dollars you click on his career wins in his very short career and you see that prior to this weekend his largest career win paycheck was 396 over at the Yetter version 26 uh, back in 2019, uh, which is an incredible course, but that's another story for another day. 396, his largest uh, winning paycheck for uh, for back then in 2019. So $2,500. Uh, of course, he's gotten paychecks uh, larger than 396 other times this year, but in terms of the win, uh, pretty incredible this year. The twenty five hundred, uh, eleven fifty, and eleven thirty eight at the major, uh, eleven hundred thirty one dollars and eleven hundred. So he's he's had bigger checks, but in terms of wins, this was the largest winning check. So pretty awesome to see one hundred fifty four events and rated ten seventeen. So uh, let's get back to it though. I know you guys are getting blown away. Our our video viewers are blown away by all of this magic I'm sharing with you. Uh, Chris Dickerson in second, 2,400. And then he was distanced uh, considerably in front of Evan Smith, who shot 20 under, taking home a paycheck for 1,600, rounding out the top five. We've got then Andrew Fish, $1,300, and Paul Uliberry. Uh Paul, I know, also specifically made a post saying that he was pretty happy with his year and um, pretty cool to see. So congrats to him. Zach Melton in 12th. Tie for 12th, uh, has a little less hair because apparently there was a standing bet and or offer that if Macy Valadez could take it down, that Macy would get to shave his head. And that's exactly what we saw on social media. And Macy, your champion in a commanding fashion. It was very tight after the first round. She just had one stroke on Hokum. She was uh, all knotted up with Natalie Ryan. And then second round really distanced herself, a 994 performance. So 994, uh, you know, besting Hokum then, who she was down one to, and then she got Hokum by seven during that particular round and got Natalie Ryan by five and so on and so forth, and then came out with the hottest round again in round number three, 991 rated, a 67 and Macy Veladiaz, your champion. So congratulations. 
I, awesome, awesome to see her pick up that victory. Uh, not a bad paycheck at thirteen hundred bucks uh, for her Silver Series efforts. Sarah Holcomb, second on the podium, tied up with Natalie Ryan, so nine behind uh, Macy Valadez. And then again, they distanced themselves from last week's guest in Holly Finley, who finished at thirteen over and still got seven hundred dollars for her efforts. So. Uh, and then rounding out the top five, we'll go there. Uh, Jamie Hoover Peterson, a little bit behind that. Um, quite a drop actually between her and Holly, but she took home five fifty for her efforts. And yes, you said it, you said it, Paul Martin out there, Macy Valadez with the ace. I wonder how easy that would be for me to find. Um. Golf Pro Tour is would it be easy enough to show it out there? That's a good question. Let's click on some buttons. I, I can't make any promises. Uh, of course, as um, excuse me, as Luke mentioned, uh, you can find all post production out there and on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And then we're going to quickly show you guys this. I think we can pull this up and maybe mute. We're going to just keep it muted because I don't know what kind of. <laughs> how good I can make it work. Uh, again, I make no promises here, people. <laughs> I'm really struggling. All right. Uh, so what you're seeing is a drone preview of the 332-foot hole number four, 332 feet downhill. And Macy Valadez doing some work out here on this one. I don't know if I can give you some audio. Let's see if that audio works. If it's blasting in your ears, I apologize. Zach, we got to let us play the ad. Here we go. Just on a rope. Oh. And let's be real, folks. You, like, they were calling for it two-thirds of the way there. Maybe two-thirds of the way there. They were calling for it. So, pretty awesome. Then they got the solo catch cam view. Just flips up to flat and rides all the way in. Just a tad high and then drops in. So, congrats. Macy Valadez. Nice work, of course, by our crew over there at the Disc Golf Pro Tour and uh, making that happen. All right. Let's see if I can click this. Here we are. So uh, that's what we saw in the Silver Series. I don't know if there... I actually played a little golf myself this weekend, so I was not fully in tune with disc golf taking place. Oh, I do know. There's some other amazing stuff that was taking place that I wasn't part of so it's easy for me to uh, mentally check out just a little bit but also this weekend we had the uh the next gen or should i say the national amateur disc golf championships let me see if i can find uh let me see if i can get you to the right spot i want to announce some winners quickly uh that was streamed live i believe on the disc golf network and real quick 
as it lists 798 competitors this weekend. Actually, I wonder if I can go here and click on this. Let's see, folks, bear with me. And now, I feel like I need like six more screens, or I need a Johnny V. Did I just say that? Did I admit that, folks? Uh, I think if I click here. All right, next gen. Sorry, sorry. Put a tip, a dollar in the swear jar. Uh, the National Amateur championships uh taking down zachary nash again listed at 798 players zachary nash seven wow sixty five hundred dollars for his efforts congratulations i, I apologize is that zylan zaylan zaylan uh nash i'm confused am i this out of the loop that i don't i that I, I'm just assuming they're related, that I don't know this. If that's pure coincidence, and I and I apologize, I sound like an idiot here because I, I did not do any research, but if that's just pure coincidence, that's crazy. Anyway, uh, second place, uh, third place, Aiden Scott, and fourth place, Corbin Michesky, taking, it, uh, taking the fourth spot. Congrats. Uh, 222 people listed in open. Uh, or MPO, I should say. Uh, if I'm going to scroll down, uh, and it, what turned out to be dramatic fashion, very dramatic fashion, uh, Cadence Burge, if I got that right from earlier this year, Cadence Burge, your champion, uh, defeating Emily Yale in a playoff, and I believe she was down three strokes going into the final hole if somebody wants to correct me feel free but i believe johnny v told me that she was down three strokes going into the final hole ultimately made up those three strokes on a par five and then forced it into a playoff and then i think the playoff went five holes is that is that what i heard again you guys can correct me but i believe that's what i heard so absolutely incredible uh if 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 if, if the story is half that true it sounds like it was incredible. So uh, congratulations to Cadence taking home $1,000 for her efforts. I think we're going to for sure see Cadence, um, you know, obviously in that professional realm moving forward from here on out. Uh, she had, what, handily? Uh, no, she squeaked out uh, Worlds earlier this year. Uh, and this year we've seen her play in the Blue Division, Junior Girls 15 and under, Junior Girls 18 and under, uh, MA3 as in men's recreational, FA1 women's advanced, regular quote unquote advanced, and then open women, and where she had turned down cash, unbelievable. So um, congratulations to her, Emily Yale in second, uh, uh, Sheila May, Sheila me, Sheila May uh, took third, and Rebecca Minnick. Looks like she took four. So congrats to her. And then there were some other divisions. I'm not saying you're not as important, but I mean, if we're talking about the next uh, amateur series and the next generation and so on and so forth, MPO, FPO, guys, that's where that's where all the glory is at. Luke knows all about that now. So uh, congrats to all of those top competitors. I'm guessing they had a really good weekend down there. And you're talking about 700 798 players, I think I said. Uh, so real quick, in MP40, Jason The. I'm confused by that. Maybe that's just his name, but Jason The took down the MP40. 
FP40, and I'm using these abbreviations on purpose here for a moment. Brenda Wilkin took that down in FP40. MP50, Armando Martinez Jr. Armando Martinez Jr. Is that the same Armando I used to play against in the 90s? PDGA number is just a couple hundred different. Oh, no. See, this is what happens when you're on the air live and you just randomly look at stuff. Is this the same? Arm- it is not. Okay. There was an Armando in the area that uh, I played against and has uh, uh, within a few hundred of my PDGA. So different Armando. Uh, Becky Purifoy taking down FA50, MA60, Pete Kenny. MA2, Jason Newman. Congrats. That was a huge division at 200, more than 300 people, roughly. Uh, FA2, Daisy James. Congrats. MJ18 went to Wade Insides. Tori Reynolds took down FJ18. Noah Patino took down MJ15. And Haley Huber took down FJ15. So there you go. Congrats to all of those winners. And, you know, we, we have seen whether it's like the likes of the Castorita girls or, or Kyle Klein or Silas Schultz, uh, a number of our players throughout the years uh, that have fostered uh, or, or have cut their teeth in high-level competition at the NADGT events uh, have gone on to become uh, incredible uh, golfers in their own uh, in the pro divisions. So congrats to all of them. All right. That leads me to, uh, I don't know if there was anything else. I apologize if there's anything else uh, on the big, big time Hub City. Uh, let's quickly take a look at our friends over at Hub City. Dylan Sepula, Sepula took down, uh, handily took down open there. Congrats. Deanne Carey took down uh, FPO. Uh, Barry Schultz won Masters. Um, and so on and so forth. So congrats to all of them. That was an A tier taking place over um, in Spartanburg. So that was about it. And then real quick, I wanted to touch on, and I don't think any of the results are posted, so so, uh, this is strictly from memory, uh, was this weekend had a pleasure of playing myself this weekend, uh, along with a little more than 100 people in the Milwaukee area, uh, an event that was unsanctioned. Uh, called the howler used to be called the halloween howler and is now just called the howler had a little over 100 people in it uh there were 36 different holes that uh some divisions played the original 18 at dretzka some other divisions played the more of the newer course uh 18 that's a little bit easier and uh, good friends steve held and mike schwieger ended up taking that down in a playoff in the in the uh, pro masters division they defended their title um, and, uh, myself and, uh, merch super, uh, merch supervisor and, uh, disc golf guy shop, uh, handler, Juliana Schick, we managed to finish second in the mixed division. Big shout out to Jenny and Andy, uh, who did really well during the best shot and in the alternate shot to take it down in our mixed division, but more so than anything, I don't even care where I necessarily finish or we finish. It was fun to get out and play. That's an event. I played for more than 20 years and haven't had the opportunity to play in quite some time. So it was pretty awesome to be able to get out and just be there with all our good friends and compete. So it was a lot of fun. Thanks to everyone that came out. 
and uh, participated. Big shout out to the pandas, along with Mark the Shark and the, and Johnny Rumble and the rest of the crew for making that happen. All right. That is it for events, for event news that I can tell right off the top of my head with my limited research. What I do want to talk about is something that hit the PDGA's website today. And I'm going to see if I can find a few details that were also provided. But um, first of all, the 2023 schedule was released, and that's pretty exciting, obviously, uh, for the, those that don't know. The majors usually get set anywhere from one to two years ahead of time or somewhere in that neighborhood. They get set, elected, uh, bids are awarded, that type of thing. And then after that, we now see Elite Series, your essentially your Disc Golf Pro Tour events, and along with the rest of the majors, all get set very early. And then there is a, a process where, excuse me, events put in to host an A-tier. Uh, those then get put on the calendar, and then after those are established and granted, then it's a free-for-all to some degree. Then everyone else who wants to run a tournament, a B-tier, a C-tier, whatever the case might be, then they submit to both their state coordinator and then to the PDJ in terms of filling out the rest of the schedule. So a really big day, and I know there's a ton of people that may not be touring professionals, but if you're just shy of that, you probably looked at some schedules pretty hard today or at least started thinking about some of the places that you may or may not go. So it's uh, pretty cool and a pretty big day for that reason. And again, schedules will continue to fill out. I know here in Wisconsin, it'll probably be hashed out for the next month. I used to be state coordinator for 15 or 18 or 20 years or whatever it was, maybe not 20, uh, 15 or 16 years. And it, it, in a state like Wisconsin, where we see upwards of 40 or 50 or 60 sanctioned events of varying degrees and then have unsanctioned events. And then you have just overall favorites that may supersede any sanctioning. There's a lot to take in. And so depending on your state, depending on how busy it is, there's a lot to unpack and unpack and then ultimately pack back together to make a cohesive schedule. I do not envy anyone that is still dealing with schedules uh, and having to put those together uh, you know, for the 2023 campaign. So what I'm going to quickly do. So, so first of all, that's announced. You can go out there. You can find that information. Uh, the PDJ, uh, let's see if I can even maybe, uh, here's a Twitter link and then, Oh, here's the complete schedule released. Oh, I think I'm going to try and get fancy and put this in the chat. All right. So if you want to click on something, you can. All right. Uh, Todd Lyon um, is out on the board, says A tiers, tour standards, mileage requirements, division names, division caps. There, there was a lot to unpack from the PDGA today. And I was just talking about the scheduling. Uh, and now the other big thing that was talked about were the division names. And I know I just got done reading off a whole bunch of divisions to you with regard to MA1, MA2, FA, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the the quick understanding that I got from today's uh, post was talking about the what they're calling the divisional uh, realignment. And it says, I'm going to try and paraphrase, but per periodically the PDGA engages in re-examination of member data to ensure our divisions and rating breaks are serving the membership and promoting meaning meaningful peer-level competition, the massive surge in interest, 
events and membership we've seen since 2020 has necessitated that we engage in this analysis once again in 2023 we'll make the following changes and here's what it says introduce fp75 fp80 ma80 fa75 and fa80 so a lot of older divisional you know clearly you have a a 77 year old mother or grandmother or aunt and the and and this is an argument that was had years ago and and obviously has been analyzed but a 77 year old especially at that age uh general age is very different than a 71 year old like those six years i feel like have a really big span and that's when we saw five-year gaps implemented many many years ago that's not even really up for debate those were implemented many many years ago starting at 50 so at uh, 50 then you have a 55 category 60 a 65 category they're basically expanding on that makes perfect sense especially in as some of those divisions continue to grow and then can be offered now we could all have that argument oh well there's 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 four people that are between 70 and 80 why aren't they all just playing together well this is for that exact reason and um part of what i could say to that is wait till you're in that age and then see what the differences are like and then maybe you can reassess at that point but that's part of the the logic and the reasoning behind that and then uh point two which i feel like is a big one says abandon the outdated and inaccurate divisional nicknames for the core divisions advanced intermediate recreational and novice in favor of names that reflect the division skill hierarchy and ratings requirements example given mixed amateur one women's amateur three so essentially and this could be i think said of so many different sports uh that and i've only been given a few examples throughout the years i'm sure there's countless when you're a master's uh competitor in darts that I believe that means you're one of the best. Now we have some good masters in disc golf, but is calling you a master is not indicative of your skill level. In our case, it's in fact just indicative that you're 40 and older. And well, technically turning 40, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so that that is one of the reasons why and and we've all you know and they go on to, to make an example as well i think i saw it posted somewhere where they talked about uh stork pdga 003 uh and, and here's exactly where they talk about it so i'll just use it they want to uh, eliminate the nicknames uh well advanced and intermediate may be perfectly suitable for skill level descriptions recreational is not a skill descriptor uh and novice is not an accurate skill descriptor of the applicable ratings band uh dan stork roddick pdj 003 one of the greatest humans uh that we owe so much to uh that, that's my editorial edition there uh but 003 is rated in novice and he's about as far from a novice as can be imagined and i yes when you're talking about somebody that found the game helped develop the game helped develop the rules and helped do a million things to push disc golf to where it is today to call him a novice uh, it can obviously be a little bit of a feel like a misnomer. And so essentially just trying to eliminate those names and those nick nicknames that are being associated. And that makes perfect sense. Uh, so just to put it out there, 
for anyone that's hopefully following along still. MA1 is still advanced. Um, uh, the, that's the code is MA1, but then the name that will get used with it is Mixed Amateur 1. MA2 mixed am- used to be intermediate often. Now is Mixed Amateur 2. MA3 rack is now Mixed Amateur 3. MA4, which was novice, is Mixed Amateur 4, meaning men or women can compete in that division and they have their various ratings caps and or uh, implications that go along with it. And then same on the women's side. FA1 is women's amateur one, so on and so forth. Y- you guys get it, right? Um, it, it does make sense. You know, Ryan Pilcher's on the board. It makes perfect sense. If you just came into the game tomorrow and you have other sporting background and you just said, you know, you were just given, I'm MA3, I'm MA2, I'm FP60, you know, for uh, female pro 60 and over. All of those, to me, un- inherently do make sense. If you're old school like me, it takes a little getting used to. There's been a lot of names thrown around. I mean, I was of the day and age when recreational MA3 was like officially just becoming a thing. And then eventually MA4, novice, had just become a thing. Um, that definitely dates how old I am in the sport of disc golf, but to get away from some of those names and to just go straight to the codes makes honestly, in my opinion, makes perfect sense. Um, you know, and, and, and I know there's a huge discussion and again, depends how old school you typically are somewhat in my opinion, even though I largely, we grew up in, I grew up in Wisconsin and a very Innova based state, Innova does not pay me to say this although they could, but we grew up in a very Innova-based state. If you really think about it, when Prodigy came out in 2013, which I know plenty of you, well, some of you have thought about, their naming structure makes, arguably makes the most sense. When you talk about, um, you know, an F7, a Fairway 7, you talk about, uh, you know, a D1, so on and so forth, you know their naming convention. Their naming convention, instead of a random animal, or a random planetary or cosmic or a natural disaster like a <laughs> like we see by the shockwave or or whatever else or or the uh, the scientific draw that's put on all of you know your your MVP disc like those are all fun names but they absolutely mean nothing to what a disc could or should or might do for the most part if i hand you a resistor where I hand you an uh, uh, an envy, where I hand you an ape or a comet, you have you should have no idea what that disc is going to do, no idea. If you were brand new, hey, hi, I I just got introduced to disc golf last week. Cool, you know you got to put a disc in a basket. Yep, here here's six discs, and you've never been to a website. Here's six discs with these names. Tell me what these discs do, or what would you guess they are? You'd have no idea, and nor really should you, because they're they're they've been just naming schemes and conventions throughout these years that they've stuck to, and it's all part of the branding. And I get all that; I'm not arguing with it. But if you think of it logically, someone that tells you, uh, you know, has an abbreviation that it's a that's a fairway, and you know, and you could argue what you know the one through six or the one through seven or whatever the numbers are. Uh, but then it's a, a XG 400, whatever. It makes pr- plenty of sense. It's just interesting to watch this, 
this fight year after year for those that really embrace it and those that don't. And and clearly, uh, <laughs> there's plenty of excellent Prodigy players, and I think Prodigy's doing just fine. Uh, but for someone like me, when they introduced themselves, it felt weird. Um, but here we are uh, nine years later. My feelings don't matter. They never, they never have. Anyway, well, I don't know where I got off on that rant. <laughs> that side note, I don't think it was a side note. But uh, also, one of the other major changes, if I can find it, because I don't want to misquote it, even though I'm good at stuff like that, um, is that MA40 is the only one that went down in terms of a pro playing amateur in terms of a ratings cap from 935 to 920, making it harder for pros to play AMs. All other divisions went up, making it easier for pros to play AM. And here's here's how this matters. And Todd or somebody in the chat yell at me if I'm about to get this wrong, but my quick understanding is this. I'm going to I'm going to use some extreme examples just to drive the point home. You just start playing. You play in five tournaments. You are I have quickly acquired and earned a rating of 10 10 1010 first five tournaments next thing you know you're already 10 10 you can play in ma1 if we're talking amateur levels you can play in ma1 let's say you're 50 years old you can play in ma50 you could also play in MA1. MA1 is kind of like the open division of amateurs, uh, for lack of a better phrase, of all amateurs, regardless of, of your age. MA50 is 50-year-olds that are um, that can have any rating, assuming they haven't ever cashed. Okay? So if, for instance... You're playing MA50. Uh, you've got to 10-10. You can continue to play MA50. There's no problem. The next weekend, you go play in a tournament, and you play, I'm just going to throw out, MP40, because that's where there's a division. There's actually some people there. You're playing MP40. You take last cash. You win $22 because you got last cash in MP40. With your 10-10 rating, you cannot go back and play MA50 anymore. All right, you couldn't even you couldn't go back and play MA40 uh, anymore either. What they're saying is, if you're a professional, if you're at one point you've taken cash and you're a professional and you want to go back to playing in an amateur-based division, you can if your rating is low enough. And that's not, none of this is new. None of this is new whatsoever. They've implemented this years ago. I think it was an incredible change, and I think it's perfect for our sport. All they did is slightly adjust a few of the ratings caps depending on what division you're talking about. If if you are a uh, a pro playing amateur. Now, this is exactly what you guys see every year. You get to Am Worlds, and all of a sudden there's some, I'll say kid, but it could be anyone, playing MA1, or, or it could be MJ18, and they've never taken cash, and they're rated 10-10, 10-20, 8 whatever. They can play assuming they've never taken cash. Once you take cash, 
then you have different ratings thresholds that you have to adhere to. Again, that's the way this has been forever. And here's here is your your perfect example. I could use myself, but I'll use Johnny V because he's on a plane and he can't argue otherwise. Johnny V, for many years, rated in the, the 650, 660, 670, or I'm sorry, 6, wow, 970, 960, 970, 950, somewhere in that neighborhood. He's taking cash at a dozen or so events. Johnny V may or may not feel competitive in F. MP40. And granted, where ratings now are just a few points apart. So I, I I know you could pick this apart. But anyway, Johnny V may not feel competitive. If Johnny V with a, we'll just say a 940 rating goes to pro masters worlds, he's flat out not going to be competitive, just won't be. But he's still professional because he he's taken cash. Um, but with his 940 rating, he can or could in the past go back and play um, some MA, well, not 940. I guess it'd have to be 932. We'll use that example. If he went back with a 932 rating, he could have played in MA40, which he's done before. And that's why I use him as an example. I've never done that, but he has. So if your rating is below a certain threshold, even if you've accepted cash, you could go play it. That allows you to be competitive and, and still go out and play because what happens is someone like myself or Johnny V who maybe played a ton, accepted a little bit of cash, won some money throughout their career. And then all of a sudden your life, your priorities change, your golf game changes, all of those things. You don't necessarily want to go with your nine. I'm going to say nine fifteen rating. You don't want to go with your nine fifteen rating and play at an event and get absolutely smashed by all the other pro masters that maybe still do this for a living or, um, uh, you know, are just really good. So you take your 915 rating in MA to MA40, and you could compete there. That's been happening again. That's pros playing AM. And nothing has changed except for a little bit of the ratings differentials and the caps to it, but the concept is still the same. And so MA40 is the one that changed and it went down. So it used to be if you had a 935 or below a 935 rating, you could play MA40. They dipped that down to 920. So you have to be sub 920 to go then play MA40, assuming you've accepted cash. That's a lot of talk and a lot of rambling. I don't know if you're going to rewind that. I only had one misstep in there. But look it up. Read it on the PDJ. I'm sure there's plenty of confusion. There really doesn't need to be. Um, the, the long and short of it is if you've never cashed, you have a ton of options to play in a lot of different divisions, whether that's pro or amateur. That's often the case. If you've never cashed, if you've cashed and you're considered a professional, then you have to look at your age and look at where your current rating is. I guess that's the long and the short of it. So there were some adjustments that got made there today. Um, I think that's it. I think that makes sense on there. Um, I'm, I'm quickly looking at the board and seeing if there's anything on uh, within that that I may have added confusion, which I was certainly trying not to do. Survivor says, I just started DG a year ago. Love it. Thanks, Terry. You're welcome. Todd says, I was nailing that. Thanks. Hope I got that all right for you guys. Uh, JVD couldn't compete in FPO. That is correct. He could not compete there. He has not submitted the paperwork. Um, 
of any kind, and he is not eligible to compete in FPO, even even if his rating was 700. It, that doesn't matter. Um, Finland rating is different than PDGA. I don't know how that's the case. They're all PDGA ratings. Now, are there different uh, prop? Are the I mean, the, the, the calculations are the same, exact same. There's not a fin- finish <laughs> ratings calculator. Now, there's different Finnish competitors on very different styles of courses, but there's no Finnish disc golf calculator. Uh, Todd on the board says that the everything I just talked about goes into effect January 1st. Uh, what I'll also personally, and I have, I have a- absolutely zero insight on this, I'm just rambling. I'll be interested to see if there's any changes or feedback that come back in terms of our overall conversation about our transgender competitors. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Natalie Ryan had made a post, um, you know, talking about she fears that she thinks there's going to be changes and she may or may not be eligible to compete in future events. So just like we said last week, she may have some inside knowledge. There may be rumblings and or conversations taking place. If there are any of those, I, I will just tell you bluntly, I, I know nothing of uh, nothing of any potential outcomes or conversations. I have not been informed or sworn to any secrecy. I truly know nothing. Uh, I have no problem admitting pure ignorance uh, on that front. So um, I, I'm just as curious as you guys are to see if there is anything and, and if there are changes when they may or may not take effect. I think that would be the conversation that... Um, uh, would also then be had if any changes happen. Uh, the title is confusing. I was hoping they were going to be rating caps regardless of professional status. Ratings cap regardless of professional status. I I'm I'm confused. What you mean by that, Bob Koike? I was hoping there were going to be a rating cap regardless of professional. No. Um. Again, if you're rated, I'll use myself as an example. I think I'm 940 or 50, whatever I am. My rating, and I've played MPO and and MP40 this year. I've cashed. I've cashed 20 years ago. I'm a professional. I could not go compete in MA40. I couldn't today when the ratings cap is 935, and I certainly can't then next year when the ratings cap in that case dips down to 920. I am not eligible to compete in MA40. I I personally could not go play amateur 40 and above. I'm just not eligible. Now, I probably am eligible without me looking to go compete in what would be MA1 with my 940 rating. I'm likely eligible to go compete there if I wanted to. Um but I, I would not be eligible to compete in MA40 now or next year. All right. Does it make sense to merge MPO and FPO and just play ratings brackets, which include men, women, trans, whoever? It does, but it doesn't. I, I don't think that's the answer. Personally, Ed, that's all I'm speaking from. I understand what you're saying. Uh, I, I, yeah. Short answer is I, I just don't think it does. I, I understand it would answer... It would address some issues and it would, yeah, I, but overall, and, and I don't see that, I don't see that as the case in a lot of other professional sports where they just merge a a 968 rated woman 
is essentially the exact same uh, same as a 968 rated man. So I understand that when it comes down to the you know those nuts and bolts and those details. So could they play against each other? Yeah, and in some events they have ratings based events, and I'm all in favor of that happening uh, for for one off events. But when you're talking about our biggest events, you're talking our elite series, our major, so on and so forth. I, I think we need to continue to have um, you know an MPO and FPO distinctions. That need to take place. That that's just me personally. Um, yes, don't forget to click subscribe. Mary Tiller. <laughs> Is there really a Mary Tiller to PDJ250988? That's what Schwebby always calls me instead of Terry Miller. Uh disc golf metrics is different, sure. If you're talking about the the European the European based live scoring and registration service that's called disc golf metrics, is it structured designed built and programmed differently yes you are right on that david you're right um are td supposed to enforce this i'm not sure what you're talking about but again correct me if i'm wrong anyone first of all it's, it's the responsibility of the player first and foremost and here's a great example I am next year. We'll just we, we'll use this example. Let's just say play pretend that right now Johnny V, <laughs> I keep picking on him, is rated 921. Well, we'll just he's not, but let's say he is. As a professional, he's rated 921. He can play MA40 right now if he wants. 935 is the threshold. He can play MA40 if he wants. He can play uh, MP40, but he can also play MA40 if he so chooses at 921 rating right now next year as of january 1st he goes to sign up for a tournament first of all disc golf scene and or the back end of the pdga gives you a little like alert um but second of all let's just say he can get through all that or he mails in a check and gets registered and he signs up for uh, ma40 he's rated 921 he signs up for ma40 it is absolutely his fault for starters because you need to know what division you're eligible for. So the, the initial onus is on him. And then, yes, the TD, especially in a sanctioned event, should get in a little alert. There's a back-end section on your TD, uh, your, your TD web thing, Tournament Central, I guess it's called. And it gives you a little alert, and it'll, it'll put in red his PDGA number, his rating, or something. It puts it, and will it will alert you as a TD, and it'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a problem with this Yahoo. This Johnny V fella, PDGA 14324, is not eligible. It will alert you, but don't rely on that. It is, it is absolutely, just like anything else in life, I feel like, it is absolutely first and foremost, on the competitor themselves to know what division they're eligible for. There should be checks, there should be balances, and there should be TDs and, and other things in place to make to make sure to double-check that, but you can't misrepresent yourself. You need to only sign up and, and try to compete in divisions you are eligible for. That, that's my take. Uh, if somebody wants to argue otherwise, they can, but... I feel like even if you squeak by I, and I, and I've seen this and I hate it. <laughs> I hate somebody that has signed up for an event. Maybe they go perform well. Maybe they win. 
something or other happened. It somehow went unnoticed. Somehow, you know, now with technology, this is getting easier and it kind of jumps off of a page more. But back in the day, somebody could slip by and all of a sudden you didn't realize that someone's rating was too high or whatever the case is. And then they win. That, first of all, that nullifies, you know, the competitiveness from the weekend. And, and you, I think you can get probably suspended or or on probation like you need to be responsible for the division in which you're eligible first and foremost and then hopefully if there's any other checks and balances that need to happen uh they catch it and need to enforce it of course but it's on the player (laughs) uh ryan says i like when people put in someone else's pdga number to try and avoid the non-pdga fee I, i don't know some people do some crazy things I don't want to just say stop being cheap, but don't do shady things that are just going to create more headache and more drama and more challenge for literally five, four, five, six, eight other people because you're trying to skirt the system. I think that's a, a pretty. Um, and Todd on the board says, uh, we'll at least get retroactively DQ'd and removed from the event for my last example. So you sign up for an event, you're not eligible, you go on and win the event. You win it in a playoff, a nine-hole playoff, and you're crown champion, or you won it by 20 and, and you went home before the awards even happened. Either way, you should get disqualified from the event. Uh, that's the minimum that will happen, is you'll get disqualified and everything will be negated. So don't do that. I mean, that's just stupid. I don't know. John, David, John, I'm just going to say this because Johnny V is pretty close to banning you and he's not here tonight. So I'm just going to quickly take a, take a little sidetrack. Um, your, your random conversations about, uh, I'm going to say lady boys, as you've put it, <laughs> just 100% not needed or in any way relevant to our conversation. Now I know things get sideways here on the board. I know they do. And not everything is pertinent. But the random stuff that you want to insert here is is just short of ban-worthy because it's so useless. So stop. Stop doing that. All right? That's like my most polite warning. Just don't do that. All right. Is that the good way to end the regular show? <laughs> yes, as everyone says, keep... Uh, uh, just ban them already. I, I mean, if if you were we're in the court of public opinion here, it would have happened. So let's move on. Um, I think that's about all I got for the regular show, though, guys. I don't have any Johnny V banter. Really, Johnny? How was your trip to Florida? It was fine. Okay. Well, it's 70 here in Wisconsin. Like, it's been ridiculous. The last few days, I actually played a glow round of golf yesterday. Had a good time with some good buddies, and it's been absolutely ridiculously gorgeous here in at least in the Midwest. And I think it's going to keep rolling for a few more days. So maybe I'll get out and play a little bit more golf myself. But for now, I'm going to close it down and end the regular show. I I want to thank Luke for joining. He's been uh, like I said, I know I use the word infectious, but clearly his spirit, his zest, and uh, his hard work, dedication, all of that stuff. I mean, talk about a an inspiration and a role model that when you are sitting at home wondering, is disc golf for you? And it may or may not be, but wondering, man, if I put in some work, 
you know, when do I get my break? Will I ever have that big weekend? Um, this could be the catalyst. This could, you know, kick him off to an insane 2023. Um, or or maybe he follows up his 2022 efforts. But either way, you know that he's grinding and he's working hard for it, which uh, I think is just beautiful to see. So thank you to Luke Sampson for joining again. Congrats to Macy Valadez for taking it down. Uh, those two are officially leading the disc golf pro tour for the 2023 season. I'm not going to go out and uh, find the, the ratings or I'm sorry, the standings and charts, but I can tell you right now uh, that they're already leading the 2023 season. So that's got to feel good uh, knowing that, uh, you know, depending on how they do at the next silver series event at new world in a couple of weeks, um, they're going to be uh, contenders as the, as the flips into the new year. And uh, I don't care who you are. That's got to be exciting uh, regardless. All right, guys, here's how it's going to work. I am going to very briefly shut down the regular show. I'm going to stand down for probably 30 or 60 seconds uh, where you're just going to see a screen pop up with the thumbnail on it. And then I'll come right back, open up with the after show. That's where we'll uh, will. I'll interact more with what I see on the chat board. As you see me always constantly looking that way. I'll see what's on the chat board answer some questions. Maybe I've got some other random topics. Maybe you guys have things to remind me of to talk about, but um, that's what will happen in the after show. And then uh, shortly after that, we'll, we'll call it a night. No promises how this goes, but I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy that has been podcast 427. Luke Sampson, your champion down at Lake Marshall, along with Macy Valadez. Congrats to both of them. Thank you guys for joining. And uh, I think, yeah, stick around. We'll uh, I'll have an after show and we'll see what happens from there. We'll see you then. Let me step inside the Smashbox. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 427's after show. Sound effects next level for you guys welcome in everyone terry miller the disc golf guy <laughs> i've often wondered <laughs> and i don't watch any of them so so maybe I, I could quit wondering and just go get my answers but i've offered often wondered about the people that stream daily and is it just entirely different because they're playing a game the whole time and they're largely focused on that Dust, you're out on the board. You could tell me. Is that, is that ex exactly, is it, I don't want to say is it easier, but if you're just focused on a game and, and or do other people just Twitch or live stream and have random streams of consciousness for hours and hours on end? I don't know, but <laughs> good, bad, or otherwise, I'm finding myself doing it more. So, Welcome in, everyone. Again, this is the after show. Johnny V is not here tonight. So we have a Smashbox exclusive. No Johnny V. He is currently on a plane. And even as disc golf rich as he might be, he is not streaming in or uh, joining us from said plane. So <clears throat> here in the after show, if you're new here somehow, uh, welcome. And uh, in the after show, we largely, I or we largely play off of notes and chats that are coming in off the chat board if they're subjects topics things you want me to discuss could be disc golf or non-disc golf related i'm more than happy to do so so 
as I look up above at the chat board. I'm going to scroll down just a little bit and uh, see what we've seen out here. Uh, 90 and muggy in Miami. That sounds miserable. Johnny V was again down in Florida for the last couple of days. Uh, some people talking about the nice weather that's been happening in your neck of the woods or and or here in Wisconsin. It has been absolutely gorgeous. Uh, real quick, speaking of Wisconsin, next week, next week, as in the 12th, excuse me, let me pull it up just to confirm the 12th the 12th is the day i will be in phoenix arizona for the plo the phoenix ladies open super excited to be part of that however going on here in the milwaukee area will be a fundraiser event and some of you may have seen even today also uh ledge stonehead made a post they're doing fundraising for a local gentleman uh local to the milwaukee area who has um, been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And not only is Ledgestone was doing a fundraiser today, uh, and I want to go ahead and see if I can find it here for you just so I can uh, get it all right. But not only is he doing that, but then next week there's an event here in the Milwaukee area, temporary course at this really beautiful facility uh, called Tremborn Farms. We had an event there last year just before USDGC. It was a really good time. And there'll be nine or 10 holes that will be set up. I want to say the entry fee is like $10. So you should probably come to the Milwaukee area and get signed up and play. Here it is. Um, and I'm going to use specifically what I just saw from Ledgestone. They said, Peter Green, one of our marketing team members, was diagnosed with lymphoma shortly after returning home from the Ledgestone Open this year. Uh, to help him fund his treatment, we've released 50 of his limited edition Happy to Be Here buzzes. The swirls are incredible on these. Available now, Ledgestone Open. Uh, so by all means, please go out and um, support those if you can. And then, as I mentioned, and if I can find the link, I'll even put it in my... Uh, here's a link. I'm going to put that in there right now on Instagram, but also I'd like to put up a link here locally. If you just give me a moment, um, I'd like to find this event. And I know that uh, registrations are continuing to pour in, but um, I believe there's plenty of room. And it's out on Disc Golf Scene, which I know you guys are all familiar with. The Peter Green Fall Fundraiser on Disc Golf Scene currently shows about 70 out of 120 potential people, and I know we could take that. So I put that in the chat as well. Somebody remind me later. I want to put it in the show notes in the actual description of this uh, podcast here tonight. So that's happening. Uh, please make sure you go out and... Uh, Consider coming to Milwaukee for the day. Super fun course, temp course, uh, vendors, disc golf guy merch will be there along with a bunch of other merchandisers and uh, vendors and whatnot. Similar to what we're going to see this weekend, the Delis is taking place. I'm super excited about it. Um, heading down to the Chicagoland area where they've invited me to join them and they rent out a theater and have some annual awards that they've been doing for the last few years. I've seen Philo and other special guests that were there in years past. This year, they've invited me to join. Uh, so I'll have some DG Guy merchandise and uh, be taking it all in as well. Also looking to join them on their podcast uh, and do a podcast uh, recording while I'm down there. So looking forward to that. I believe there's still spots. There might be a few spots still available uh, for that as well, but very much looking forward to it. All right, that's very 
Midwest local here for you guys in this area. Uh, you should check out Tyler Brickley's Twitch if you're going to get into gaming and also fun nonsense. I don't like that guy. If I say that too loud, he's going to show up on my feed, but I do love him. Uh, <laughs> um, only I only watch artists on Twitch. I guess, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense, Tim. I think you've told me that. Like to sit and watch somebody, how they design or sketch or do something rather than have a a recorded time lapse to actually watch somebody do stuff in real time. Uh, I could see how that could be amazing. That's, that's awesome. Ray says, do you do an interview for the docu series after each event in 2022? It seems like they're structuring it event by event as the season unfolded. I personally do not. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be blunt and just say, I don't know a ton about the docu series other than that it exists and that it looks amazing. Uh, the little bits I've seen, I was at the world championships. I was interviewed for some things that had taken place up until that point. And then I know after the USDGC, they were hoping to have me do some stuff, but um, I wasn't around for it. And so, cause I was, I had to get out to bend for then the tour championship. So I was interviewed for stuff. I have no idea if anything I said or my ugly mug made the, made any of the cuts. No idea. Short answer is that I don't know, but there was not a concerted effort by me to sit down after every given event. Now, um, you know, what uh, Dustin and Corey largely worked on that, uh, along with Bluefoot Entertainment, um, and, and a whole slew of people. So I'm super excited to see what's going to happen with that. I know a local gentleman, uh, John, uh, had done some of the audio mixing, looking forward to it all. And even with that being said, I didn't watch yesterday's yet. Well, the one that released yesterday, um, but I am excited. I, I want to save that for like, I'm not the type that's going to sit down and necessarily just throw it on while I'm sitting here at home. I'm more likely to download it and then play it on my next plane ride. Cause I feel like that's the best use of my time when I'm in a plane. Cause usually computing is a challenge. Um, not just because my stomach is big, but because the tables are small and I don't have, um, and I don't have power. Okay, Whew. more than you needed to know. I spot a little guy. Hey, Aaron, hope you're well. Uh, Aaron, I think, reached out earlier asking about um, some of the uh, Asiana, Asiana uh, type events. Um, I think that's what you had said. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the potential of being over in um, Koh Samui, Thailand. I know they're working on a couple events. And it sounds like some pros are talking about being there as well. Did the show start on DGN? Not sure what it's called. I think you're talking about the docu-series, and I think the first one was yesterday, which I did not get a chance to watch. I just said that. Terry needs to do a series of digging through storage where he digs through his unit and shows off awesome discs. There's already a full thought-out process there, and I think it would go something like this. And I unfortunately, I keep talking about it, so that means I'll never do it. The long and short of it, though, is what I could see doing as a series, essentially, is pulling in a bin or two, grabbing a bin, placing it in front of me, and then going through the disc. Now, some of those are going to be incredibly enlightening because because there might be 30 different discs in there that came from 22 different places. And maybe or maybe not, I have some either story or 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 tale to it. Maybe, maybe not. 
depends on how much I mix them up. I purposely kind of keep them all mixed up, very unorganized. However, there's also going to be a bin, and maybe those get skipped and or those get uh, qu quickly um, you know, referenced and then moved on to another one, and we do a bonus one, where you pull it out, and it'll be like, oh, this bin holds 37 drivers. Oh, and you have 30... You have 32 um, uh, <laughs> Proto Star Stamp Leopard 3s in here. Actually, I'd probably have 25 because that was probably the limit. You have 25 Proto Star Stamped Champion Leopard 3s here or Champion Thunderbirds, whatever. Something that I essentially got and then just plopped right into a bin. And then there's five other random discs. And maybe there's five putters that were in there as well. That bin's pretty boring. There's going to be plenty of those, even though every one of those discs are probably going to be more th worth a little more than retail, at least. Uh, so it's kind of the variety of the bins. And now I try not to mix up decades, for instance. I shouldn't have a 2005 set of tournament stamp discs in with a 2015 set of tournament, tournament discs. Or you're not going to have 2005 discs mixed in with last week's you know, Halo release by Innova or, uh, you know, the Halloween buzz release by Discraft. They won't be that mixed up, but there might be some 2005 with some 2006 with maybe a couple 2007. That's possible, but they're, they're generally going to be kind of a, of a, of an era of sorts. If that anyway, and then just show you and talk about them. Some people like that. Plenty of people won't someday. Uh, I just got a disc yesterday that made me think of Terry. Okay, we could go a lot of ways with that. I do have an update on something else pretty funny in a minute. Um, Arthur says, I muted Terry for a bit. Sounds good. I don't know why. Yes, this is the after show, Arthur. Um, Chainbanger says, I played in the same tournament as Harold Duvall this past weekend, and it was great watching him shred. That's awesome. I didn't honestly know that Harold played. I don't know if I'd be curious to know if that was just a unsanctioned doubles. I'm guessing like an unsanctioned Halloween doubles event, or was that like a hardcore PDGA beat here locally? Um, either way, that's uh, awesome to see that you got to see him play a world champ. I think plenty of people forget that he's a world champion, and um, yeah, pretty cool. Clearly not the skills today that he had in 1983, but nonetheless, you got to respect the world champ. Um, uh, seems like, uh, seems you did a long interview wrapping up the season and they worked your answers in over the whole series. I think that sounds about right uh, for some of the things we talked about at Worlds. Uh, Terry, do you have your current stock of discs listed? Nope. If you go to shop.thediscgolfguy.com, that's a great way to support me. I never plug it. Unfortunately, I always forget to. But if you go to shop.thediscgolfguy.com, that's where I have current, I don't want to say standard, but that's where I have current merchandise. But you're not going to find a 1998 um, whip it in there. And you're not going to find a 2007 USDGC rock listed on there. I, I might have 50 of them, but you won't find it listed for sale there. Um, that's more current inventory. A lot of people have graciously said, hey, how can we support you? And or do you have some of your inventory online? And that's where the the standard inventory is, along with a few extra goodies. So shop. Try that shop dot shop the disc. 
Spotify.com. Really good at, at promoting this, clearly. Uh, Iron Samurai 4s are going to be on there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep reading here. Beautiful weather in Texas, no surprise. It will be, uh, yes, the docu-series, there you go. Thanks, Ray, says uh, it will be out each Monday for six weeks. So plenty of content. That brings us all the way into the middle of December. Next thing you know, we're starting up the uh, All-Stars in, what, February? Love it. Uh, Terry, what's your go-to glow disc? I participated in my first space race on Saturday and I had a blast. I mean, I used to throw a lot of glow Ontario rocks. I don't glow disc nearly as much. This is another conversation. I, that sounds like a great drop zone episode. Uh, glow, glow has just changed throughout the years. Um, you know, you, you, we, back in my day, you only had glow discs. Like if a disc glowed, you specifically had it for playing glow and maybe you threw it during the season, but you also would save it so that it glowed for playing glow. And we used to use flashlights, which worked okay. And then really the fanciest fanciest thing we did for a long time is you'd get a separate flash, that like a, an attachment flash, a detachable flash that usually goes with your, like your cameras, your fancy cameras, and you'd flash a disc. It was so intense and so bright, and it blinded everybody, and it sucked. But it was so intense and bright. That was one way, and then people made boxes for it, made all these clever ways to go about it. and then enter in a few years later little lights became more popular little bobber lights that i used to sell became popular um then eventually now glow tape of whether it's duct tape or a regular glow tape of some sort i feel like that's the way to go depending on where you're playing i feel like it alters your disc the least and it um is relatively easy to attach and and to reuse or detach and use and uh, and or just using a straight up glow disc and we talked about it earlier that castoplast is kind of famous for the amount of glow and how well their discs glow but that and a handheld black light of sorts and those again i cannot stress to you enough a handheld black light was right next to like a a printer in terms of how revolutionary it was at one point a hand uh, an affordable handheld battery operated mini black light which is no big deal. And you take a hundred percent for granted today. At one point, those were, as they say, the cat's pajamas. So it's the evolution of glow and of disc glow disc golf has been insane for the last few years. You guys just don't know how good you got it. Do I have to insert, get off my lawn at some point? All right. Uh, Zach said last glow round. I used to glow tape, which has uh, been able to use my regular disc and not have them rely on glow disc, which I'm not used to. That makes sense. Um, you fly me there or want to ban me. That makes no sense, David. Uh, they made it seem like you interviewed right after L LVC. Yeah, we talked about that. Sorry. Um, Terry, you need a virtual assistant. <laughs> I need a lot of things. <laughs> I worry that I don't have a, an assistant uh, or a virtual assistant because I feel like, and I'm sure everybody feels this way, to some degree, you feel like you'd micromanage it to where it's like okay let me just get this done myself um but uh, maybe someday i'd like to get to a point where i absolutely need to and can pay a virtual assistant of some kind that that's that should be a goal um mix mpo is mix pro open good david john you got it um 
when do you break ground on the disc golf guy museum? I honestly, I've said this. If I, if I had, I don't want to say an endless supply of money. If there was a grant or if there was a way to do this, and I'm not even joking, I would turn most of my belongings and put them in some form of a museum like atmosphere where they can be enjoyed and seen when I've got magazines from the nineties and I've got, you know, discs, there's, of course, there's a million discs that could be put on walls for lots of reasons. It's the other cool stuff I have. It's the, it's the, you know, 2008 Japan open caddy bib. It's, or, or the, the, uh, the jacket that they gave with us, uh, to that, or, or, things that I either bought or earned or won or whatever on, on that event. And that was just 2008 and that's just Japan. But, uh, you know, I could show you my, the player guide from the 1998 amateur world championships. Like I could show you that physical player guide, or I could show you the spiral bound PDGA <laughs> course directory, you know, before you disc and, and map quest and Yahoo maps. There's so many of those cool things that I'd love for people to be able to just see that may or may not have a ton of value, actual dollar value, but I legitimately could. I feel like, because I'm such a hoarder, I could legitimately get a an abs absolutely get a museum and and fill a museum. Well, depending on your size, but I mean, I could have a disc golf museum if there was ever the land or the space or the the means to do so uh, without it just being a, a total, you know. <laughs> 10 or 20 or $50,000 money suck every year or whatever, I would do it in a heartbeat because that's where it should all be. And I don't know what else to do with it all, but I'm not getting rid of it. Um, all right, you guys, again, pointless uh, other random conversation I'm going to skip. Yeah, Chainbanger says it was the C-tier Boyd Hill Blazer. So yeah, playing over at Boyd Hill. Awesome to see. Mike Janice Super chats. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Common concerns about VAs, virtual assistant. Uh, think of someone who will do your sticky note tasks so you can focus more on important things. I'll email you. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. Uh, Terry, are, are you attending the New World Silver event on the 11th? I am not. Uh, I mentioned a little bit earlier, next weekend's insanely busy. Not this weekend, but next. Um the New World Silver Series is taking place, which unfortunately will be on like my third back burner, only because I'll be in Phoenix filming the PLO. There'll be a local event as a fundraiser, which will have vending and, and opportunities there at a local event here in Milwaukee. And on top of that, I believe I have two of my cameramen heading out to Oregon to cover an event uh, because I couldn't go to that. So, yeah, next weekend, unfortunately, uh, is a is a no-go for me. Yeah. In terms of the new world silver series event. Uh, yeah, they also did mention it today. Thank you. Somebody else who just said that they mentioned today that there's a, a few more silver series that were added. Uh, you can find all that information on DGPT.com. Uh, go out there and check it out. Uh, yeah, they added a couple more. Cast the Plast MVP is number one. We're talking again about glow. I, I've heard that consistently throughout. Um, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's much of a secret anymore that Cast the Plast and MVP are often referred to as your two best glowing uh, plastic materials. Uh, 
Why don't you have that hat on the site? Zach, that's a great question. And guess what? Check back in a few days because this is a prototype. This is a one-of-one one only ever ever designed and, and exists right now for a few more days. And then there's going to be a plethora of various ones that will be listed on the site. I appreciate the heck out of you asking. You're not the only person to ask. And I am, I'm flattered by the people that have seemingly loved it. I've been asked quite a few times. Uh, I have seen some additional ones, the quote-unquote first runs that have been made now. And there's even more being made as we speak. So, um, And they're going to be all sorts of color combos. I'm not going to say everyone's completely unique, but I bought a ton of different colors. And then I'll put a bunch of different colors. Some will be two-tone. Some will be three-tone. Yes, they'll be up. They're coming. I promise. Thank you. Uh, bright yellow discs light up the ground with flashlights. That's a good call. I'd watch a show of Terry interacting with Clippy. Uh, you have to be old enough to get that reference. Clippy is the little assistant that helped you out on MS Word. Well, back in the day, it wasn't MS Word. It was Microsoft Word or sometimes just referred to as Word. But yeah, good old Clippy. Uh <laughs> I made my order on the shop, Dust says. Ah, Dust. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Um, the Brody Smithsonian. <laughs> uh, congrats, Brody. Uh, also, that was not uh, necessarily one I read off uh, because it wasn't highlighted as an A tier. But uh, Brody Smith, I do believe, won this uh, in Las Vegas this weekend. Congrats to him. Uh, I think he won it handedly by by a few strokes. So congrats to him. And then also I did Jen Allen. Jen Allen won by a lot. Uh, per ratings, it was about where she should have actually placed, but Jen Allen also won this weekend. Uh, sad I couldn't be out there, but at the same time, it, it feels good to be uh, getting some stuff done at home. I'll get back out to Vegas. Don't, don't you guys worry. Vegas, Vegas likes me. All right. <laughs> Um, what's your opinion of the 2023 silver series events taking place already? It is odd, but it's a wraparound season. Uh, it's worth trying. It doesn't feel weird a little bit, you know, we're getting started and then you think, well, what's, what's in a calendar year and let's just face it. We have so many opportunities. There's so much good high level golf. People want to be on the silver series. People want to be on the elite series. People want to be freaking, uh, uh plus series events and playoff events guys i can't say it enough the getting's good right now we, we've come a long way uh luke yep is your points leader talked about that flying disc museum.com as tom mcmanus says definitely check that out if you want a virtual a virtual museum of some of the coolest stuff in the world. I have a ton of discs pictured on there, but that's usually just because they're cool stamps. Uh, Tom McManus has graciously taken those pictures. I, guys, you could get lost in flyingdiscmuseum.com for hours, and you should. It's very cool because it's curated and has then hundreds maybe of people from around the world that are contributors to it. And then there's various tags metadata to each of them so if you want to search for different things you can and how they're categorized flyingdiscmuseum.com good plug i appreciate that tom good call sounds like something that will be in the cold turkeys players pack i'm not sure what you're referring to but we'll get it's going to be a good one i promise you guys that <laughs> on xp clippy was far more ubiquitous across multiple programs if you needed help good to know 
Take a breather, Nightbot. Yeah, I don't Nightbot's been a little bit aggressive lately. I'm gonna have to see what Johnny needs to do. Uh Terry, say one thing and mean another. I, I again don't know what you're talking about. All right. Um uh what's the event in Oregon? Uh there's a doubles event, David Stanley, and it it is certainly worth putting a little plug out there. Um it is a doubles event. And Jeff Corns had reached out to me and talked about getting coverage for it. And I'm super happy to be part of it. There's some other coverage that I, I still have yet to uh, assemble and release. Now's the time. It's going to be coming out. Um, but let me find. Is this the... Doo -doo -doo. Uh, let me find it for you guys. It is the 2022... Re resistance disopen presented by Squatch. Three thousand added cash for this B tier, and it is a PDJ event. And I'm going to put it also in the comments. There you go. Uh, and it's it's understandably got some pretty solid players: Scott Withers, Chris Nelson, Cole Rodalin, Justin Anderson. So on and so forth. Cameron Messerschmidt, I see on there. Uh, a bunch of really good players uh, that we've seen throughout the year. Some more local, some um, um, more on the, the larger scene. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Should be a really good weekend. Uh, so eventually we're going to have coverage of that. Um, I think there's some of those. Oh, Ryan was suggesting putting those hats in the players' backs. Ah, come on, Ryan. These are these are all handmade. These are these are these are one-offs. I've already given away players' packs that have had a disc golf guy towel in them, on them, whatever, in the player pack, and then it had individual personalized names, and those were all hand done. That might not happen again. It's it's been uh, yeah. There's a lot of work to that. Um, I don't know if we have anything else. Johnny V normally would do a giveaway and I don't have actually, I don't have any other stuff to do that. I, I have stuff to give away and I have stuff to mail out. So that part's easy, but we'll have to do double up on the giveaway next week where Johnny's got all the, the Patreon supporters and, and partners and whatnot. So we'll, we'll double up next week and make sure that we get two of them to you. I know Dan last week, what, won some, uh, some beef jerky. Big shout out to double, to double G and the crew over there. Um, I think we're going to see some double G beef jerky again in the players pack for the cold turkey. I do like that idea. So unless you guys have anything else, Paul McBeth trophies in the player pack. I don't have enough of those, uh, but it would be it would be pretty funny. Uh, WT4 says, are they embroidered? No, these hats are not. Um, it's a long story about the process, but they are permanently on there but they're not embroidered. Um, it gives us a little bit more flexibility. Slower process, but more flexibility, and I love it. Um, I like to think of a cool flying disc on the other side of that hat on the logo. Oh, I mean, that's an idea. I, I do love how subtle this has been, and for our audio viewers or listeners, uh, I am just talking about I'm wearing a black trucker-style hat that has just a little black uh, disc golf guy silhouette on a white uh, bill, uh, not bill brim. What is that panel? Anyway, uh, if a player's pack doesn't include a Zuka carton, 10 discs, is it worth it? Ah. <laughs> if you're that disc golf rich going to those, uh, those big events, then yeah, you're right. Uh, my players, my C tier 
in a few weeks, which is nearly sold out. We're just wait, doing some waiting list things with with women and and masters divisions. Uh, I think the entry fee is like forty five dollars, and I'm thinking the retail value will be somewhere around seventy seventy five, maybe eighty ish dollars, maybe more. Usually it is. Uh, there will not be a, a, an additional payout to that in terms of any merchandise, but there'll be a flex start going on uh, as well that people can play on another course right there. And then also an absurd players pack. So hope you like it. Uh, do you think MA40 player rating drop thing that the players are pros, blah, 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 amp to start to drop off interest and begin to wane compliments to start, start to mess around? It's a lot. No, the short answer is I don't think so. It says, do you think the MA40 player rating drop where they've dropped the, the threshold from 935 down to 920. It was the only one that was dropped. Um, that players that are pros playing AM will start to drop off and interest will begin to wane and complaints will start to muster up. Now let's 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 really hone in on that for a moment. There are some players that I can guarantee you, and I'm sure somebody runs some smart stats people at the PDJ would have to do this. There are absolutely some players that have been at 931 for like the last three years and have been playing MA40 as a pro playing amateur, but playing with their 931 rating and have then therefore been legally allowed to play in that division absolutely there are some that have been just in that now if you're talking about the people that are in that 920 to 934 category first of all i don't know how many people that is right now and that's changing with every ratings update second of all i don't want to say too bad so sad but it's a divisional rule change that is applied across the board the PDGA is looking at divisional breaks and they didn't just arbitrarily pick 920. And I think that will probably get lost because if you're 925 and you've been 925 for the last five years, you're just so consistent at 925 and that's where you've been playing. And all of a sudden the PDGA came out today and said, you know what? 925 er you accepted cash five years ago. You shoot 925 golf, you've been playing MA40 for the last five years. Guess what? You're not eligible to play there anymore. For that tiny, tiny subset of people, is it bad luck for you? Sure. Get better or get worse. It's what I would say to that. It's such a tiny, tiny subset of people, I'm sure. And, you know no more or less than many years ago post 1998 but i don't know what year they they did it i know it was after 98 forever when i came into disc golf back when, when i was a kid masters used to be 35 pro masters started at 35 again you have to be old school to remember this but used masters used to start at 35 not 40 and at one point after lots of feedback and analysis and other people way above my pay grade that are way smarter and volunteer harder, they said, hey, we're bumping everything up to 940, I'm sorry, to 40, to 50, to 60, to 70. That's how they made their divisional breaks. Then they came back a few years after that and said, well, starting at 50, we're going to add in a 55 break and a 65 break and a 75 break. Good with all of that. 
did it suck if you were not if you were 34 and that next year you're like yes 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 i'm done competing against barry schultz and ken climo they're too good this sucks i'm out of here i can't wait to get into masters and then the next year they said nope sorry we're raising the age to 40 that's exactly what they did and guess what sometimes life isn't fair and if your mother or father didn't convince you as much then they did a poor job nobody promises life is going to be fair sometimes things like that just happen sometimes you're going to be on the short end of it you've caught enough breaks in your life that it probably evens out and if you haven't then you're just a terrible person I think that's karma. <laughs> no, but seriously. Yeah, so I, I I may have beat that one to death, but yes. Um, there will be a little there, there's gonna be those people that fall in that 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 very small window, I think, of 14 points, and they might be a little frustrated. Um I, and I feel bad for them, but there's bigger problems in life. But let's be real. If MA40 as a 929 rated player, MA40 is your end all be all to your existence. Uh, I want you to be proud. I want you to love what you do. I want you to fully embrace it. Go all in. But if that's all that's to your existence, you're selling yourself a little short still. That makes sense. <laughs> um question was asked because tournaments seem to fill really fast these days and pros playing and end up playing am because the filling of the tournament so quick as long as they legally can do it i don't care as long as you're playing by all the rules in front of you just like when there's small divisions i say it all the time you can only beat the people that show up does a win a uh, an uncontested win or a win against one or two people in your division feel as good probably not You'd rather win, though, than not, and you can only beat the people that show up. Someone designed a guardrail and a car approaching on the right with a disc shanked out of bounds. The disc golf guy's logo right hand at it. Perfect. WTF Richard Homage. No, I don't like. I don't want to be associated with any cars, guardrails, or accidents. Uh, Luke Sampson is not the GOAT. He is a very, very amazing human. I don't know about the greatest of all time. <laughs> He's an amazing human, though. <laughs> He might be the greatest of all time at something, but that's not that's not yet disc golf. It's got a long ways to go. Uh, rating is BS. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Minnesota gives funny money. Charlotte is different. Every, Everywhere is a little bit different. Spock says, philosophical moment. If we all stop pretending that money is real, we'd really find out who does what out of love and not just for money. Yeah, there's something beautiful in that statement. There's also something to be said about uh, love and money and such can only go so far, too. Love for the game doesn't put gas in your tank, necessarily. But if you did everything out of love, I, yeah, we again, very philosophical. We could go off on a whole other tangent. You're out, smashies, daddy disc golf. I think with that, I'm going to be out. I'm going to say thank you. This is going to be on the shorter side. I'm okay with that, to be quite honest. I don't feel 100% right now. So we'll keep it on the shorter side. That's some random ramblings by me in the after show. Uh, I do thank all of you for jumping in and supporting and watching. 
Um, hopefully you'll all recover from Johnny V not being here tonight. We'll find a way to get through. We'll, we'll work through this together, but, uh, I hope Johnny V's travels were safe and sound and everything worked out. I very much uh, appreciate Luke for joining in the regular show. And then all you guys for coming along and, uh, having some fun with us tonight. Look forward to all those events coming up, whether it's events I'm covering or my crew is covering, or it's a fundraiser because I'm out of town and there's still fundraiser going on locally. Those are all great opportunities. Cold Turkey at the end of the month, really looking forward to that. I've got a drop zone or two uh, conversation piece that can be held uh, with regard to that in, a few, in the next few days. You'll probably see that. But uh, just thank you guys as always. It's uh, next week. Who knows who we'll have? Probably some winner of something. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do just that, do some hydrating. Thank you guys. All of you for tuning in uh, from literally all over the world. I can't say enough how much we appreciate it, whether it's the video version or the audio version. I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. If I find the right button, I can close out maybe even somewhat smooth. This has been Podcast 427's After Show. Thanks for stepping inside the Smashbox, and we'll see you next week. Bye. And now exiting Terry Miller, the disc golf guy. This has been podcast 427. I don't have anything else. Good night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.